You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs. It's Unnecessary Roughness, presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. Yeah, man. One and oh, baby. Let's go. Come on, one seven. You guys are pretty enough. Yeah, Everywhere in the pretty. It ain't got to be great. You just got to get it done. You just got to get it done. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's your boy Q. There you go. You hear Raiders wide receiver Devontae Adams. You hear Jimmy G talking about getting it done. Jimmy G hyped up after that victory on Sunday versus Denver Broncos. Improving the overall record to the silver and black 1-0. They're in West Virginia preparing for their upcoming game coming up on Sunday versus the Buffalo Bills and their efforts to become 2-0 and head back to Allegiant Stadium and host the Pittsburgh Steelers in prime time. Sunday night football. It's going to be a lot of fun. But uh, first thing first, you got to take care of Buffalo. On the road, the Bills season home opener. It's going to be a raucous environment, and uh, the Raiders are going to have everything on their plate right there in front of them. The Bills are going to bring everything they've got and then some to them but uh yeah it's going to be a fun time to have a fun time coming up on sunday and we're getting closer and closer to game time so i'm excited about that welcome into unnecessary roughness here on radio nation radio 920 my man ari's in the finley cadillac performance studio i'm in the home studio we like to call it studio q and you also heard a little pock there uh in the intro and ari i don't want to be the guy to bust your bubble because i know what you're going for as you got the unlv tupac shirt on in studio <laughs> but yesterday was actually the passing of pock the 13th of September, not the 14th. Yikes. Are you sh- Okay, I'm not I'm not going to debate I'm you. I'm positive this, but I like it was Magic 14th. Johnson before medication. Oh, uh, I believe you then. Well, we'll do a little We got a <laughs> lot of pop right. coming up today, so yeah, we're going to do a little Yeah, it's all good. Uh, no, I'm 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 actually not I'm not mad at that. I'm good with that. I can hear Pac any day of the week and twice on Sunday, but I understood what you were going oh, for and this, I can appreciate that. It was this it was September 6th, not 7th that he was shot at then you're right because it took seven days okay yep well math is not my strong suit even (laughs) though even though i'm on radio and that's essentially how i I mean you you know hey look it's the effort that matters right thank you a day late a dollar short it happens got a nice participation trophy over here hey man we don't (laughs) give out participation trophies but we do appreciate the effort and so yeah anytime i get a whole day of pock and get a soundtrack of Pac, I'm good with that. And honestly, good. shame on me <laughs> for not mentioning it yesterday anyway. So I'm good. I'm absolutely good. And that's obviously the the murder of Tupac Shakur that is still um, have not been solved, even though as of late, right, well, at least it was. I don't feel like there's any traction on that anymore, right? Yeah, there was that big buildup for, like, what, uh, a couple weeks where it's like, man, they about to find out who killed Pac. They about to find out who killed Pac. Then all of a sudden it was like, yeah, we're going to go radio silent on that, so – Yep, you that's know the news cycles for you. That's that's just how it goes. I guess there's other things on the docket that they're like, you know, we'll try to solve something else that's current instead of something that's uh, you know 25 years plus uh, old. But uh, hey, it, it it is what it is, or however old it is at this point. I don't even know how many years it's been. Was it 25 years? It's, it's 96. I uh, yeah. You know what? I mean, don't ask me. Yeah, I know you can't. <laughs> Today do is math. not my day. Yeah, no. It's either 96 or 97. Yeah, I'm gonna ask the wife how, how the math 96. on that because she's you know she's good with the the numbers. So we'll let her run the numbers, but it's all good. So we got a loaded show for you today, man. As excited as I am each and every day, very excited today as well uh, as we have officially turned the page. No longer looking back at the Denver Broncos. All going forward, looking towards uh, looking towards the Buffalo Bills coming up 
on Sunday. Our guests that we have, and we got a loaded lineup. Vinny Bonsignor, he joins us each and every Thursday at 2.30. He's going to join us today at 2.30. Of course, you can read all his work at the Las Vegas Review-Journal, VegasNation.com, and you hear him on the morning tailgate with Clay Baker and Lindsey Brown, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. each and every morning. So Vinny Bonsignor will join us. He'll take us inside the huddle and give us everything, all the details that we need to know, everything we need to know going on with the Silver and Black heading into their matchup coming up on, uh, on Sunday. Then at 3 o'clock, former offensive lineman. It's funny. I think the 3 o'clock hour is going to be the offensive lineman, former offensive lineman hour. And I, I, I swear we've had this kind of hour before. But former offensive lineman uh, and current sideline reporter Max Starks is going to join the show. Uh, he played with the Pittsburgh Steelers, won a ring with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's going to be on the call for the game on Sunday between the Bills and the Raiders. So, uh, one, I'm a big fan of sideline reporters, always have been. Uh, at some point in my life, I'm hoping that I could do that as well, put that in the job title, put that in the bio, right? Sideline reporter for, and you insert it. I don't care, right? I've been trying to tell the Raiders forever, hey, man, I know a guy. I know a guy, I'm just saying. But, hey, look, I can be bought. I can be had. So, <laughs> if there's another program out there, another team out there that wants your boy to be on the sidelines, I'm all for it. But, no. Big fan of being able to be on the field level at a game and, and just kind of observing it that way and then being able to broadcast it as well. So Max Starks, former offensive lineman, current sideline reporter who will be on the call uh, along with Kevin Harlan, which is exciting. I love Kevin Harlan, man. He's one of my favorite uh, play-by-play guys out there. It's going to be a great call on Sunday. But uh, Max Starks will join us as he's uh, had an opportunity to talk to coaches as they get prepared for this upcoming game coming up on Sunday. He'll join us at 3 o'clock. Then, as I mentioned, Offensive lineman hour, the 3 o'clock hour. The return of Lincoln Kennedy, he'll be back. Raiders color commentary, uh, he joins us each and every Tuesday and Thursday. He'll join us at 3.30 to talk about the Raiders side of things. We'll look forward. We'll look at the Buffalo Bills, what he'll be looking for from the offensive line, who graded really well last week against Denver. So what is he looking for moving forward? Josh Jacobs, can he get them, Can he get Josh Jacobs going? What does he think about the Raiders? Can they, can they make that happen? Uh, is this a game that could be a big-time Josh Jacobs game? You know, what is he looking for in this game as he'll be in Buffalo on the call alongside Jason Horowitz? So Lincoln Kennedy returns at 3.30. Excited about that conversation. Again, we have him each and every Tuesday and Thursday at 3.30 here on Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Then, closing out our guest lineup for the day, Justin Mello, our good friend for the Draft Network, draftnetwork.com. They do a fantastic job. He wrote a really good piece and actually uh, sent it to me uh, on Jimmy Garoppolo. Right and how Jimmy Garoppolo looks to be the right guy for this system, looks to be the right guy for Josh McDaniels and why he's the perfect fit for what the Raiders want to do moving forward. And anyone who's listened to this show or any other show that I've been on for uh, any t- amount of time knows that I was a big guy that uh, questioned I questioned Jimmy G a lot before the Raiders acquired him. I, que- I questioned him after they acquired him. But after seeing one game and really seeing uh, how he interacted with the players in training camp and preseason, started to really come around on what Jimmy G could do in this offense. But Justin wrote a really good piece on the draftnetwork.com about Jimmy Garoppolo, just talking about Jimmy G. It's actually called Jimmy Garoppolo already proving to be a great fit in this Raiders offense. Again, Justin Mello, he put this out on the draftnetwork.com September 12th. So just a couple days later, but I made sure that I wanted to get him on the show to be able to talk about that. So he'll join us at 4 o'clock to talk about Jimmy G. And we'll even sprinkle in a couple Aiden O'Connell questions because, well, why not, right? There's a lot of questions around Aiden O'Connell. And since Justin does a really good job with the draft, I figure why not talk a little Aiden O'Connell as well. So Jimmy G, Aiden O'Connell, that conversation will come up at 4 o'clock 
with Justin Mello. So as you can tell, we got a loaded guest lineup. We also got to get our NFL picks in today. Uh, Thursday night football, it's week two. Got the Eagles and the Vikings. They'll kick things off a little bit later on this evening. So we got to get in our, our week two action. And I'll say right now, Ari, I'm saying right now, man, I know that I was in Bristol last week, right, when we did this. I, I was in Bristol last week, right? I think I was in Bristol last week. Was that week. last was week? I don't, I don't know, remember. man. <laughs> I can't remember either, but I feel like it was last week when I was there. And I know things were moving quick, fast, and in a hurry. But I don't understand how you all of a sudden came up with some really good win-loss record for your picks in week one, and I did not. Just how co- – no, all joking aside, like, we – I we, think I need to demand a recount. No, here. I think – yeah, sure, if you want to go that route. Or you could take this compliment. I think it's funny because we obviously know other two people here who really totally understands the game. I have no problem saying that. Like, you understand and know the game, talk about the game all day long, nonstop. So you're the guy. That, I'm saying, should just show you how crazy this season is because your boy over here went 11-5. and five. I still I still don't <laughs> think you I, – I, I don't care all the compliments you want to give me and gas me up. That's or fine. Low-key backhanded. But yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's great. Yeah, that sounds cute. I just I, I, I just don't know if I'm buying that. I'm thinking that somebody did a little bit of padding to the books. If I got receipts I mean. in the form of paper and audio. So. Yeah, I, I think I think we <laughs> might have to go and review the tape. All right. I just say it. I think I might have to take it back Let's, and review the tape. What did I do? You went eleven and five. What did I do? Like go- I'm getting some overtime. Uh, All right, that's you fine. went eight and eight, I believe. Unless I met, I might have messed one of them. I did say that there was one game. I was a I was a little curious. So. Yeah. yeah, I was frantic- I frantically writing them down. So. Well, you know, I don't like to lose at anything. No, right? no, you so. don't. <laughs> so I'll tell you right now. So boom, take so that. Things, yeah, okay, all right, sounds good. And, and sounds buck good. up this week. You got a, you got a big road ahead of you. So yeah, let's you know go. What? Q. Now you I'll got something right now, to win for. Let me tell you right now, Ari. If you go eleven and five, and <laughs> I go eight and eight again this week, Jared's going to be in there next week. <laughs> Whoa. All right, all right. I'm, uh, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm gonna kidding. Go with, uh, I'm kidding. Square here. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But that would be funny, right? Make I don't know what happened to Ari. I don't know. He's all of a sudden gone. I don't oh, know what man. happened. <laughs> two Looks weeks like of I'm two weeks all. of bad picks. <laughs> so I think no, I'm taking got... the Cardinals this week. No, you're not. I, I'm just trying to make sure I ensure that my job is still no, here. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just joking. kidding. I'm just kidding. No, let's we'll do, do it. I'm... We'll do our NFL picks probably around 420 or so, something around there. And then, of course, uh, we'll have reason or excuse. We'll try to get in the reason or excuse depending on what our time looks like. And, of course, throughout the course of the show, Raider Nation, we always want to hear from you. 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text sign 69187, keyword r So there you go. You have it. Vinny Boston, you are at 230. Former offensive lineman Max Starks at 3. Lincoln Kennedy at 3. 30, Justin Mello from the Draft Network at 4, and, of course, you throughout the course of the show. We got winning on the way as well. So with all that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. So off top, we got a text. 69187, keyword r says, Yo, Q. Let's run the ball down the Bills' throats. Feed JJ. I'm calling on Raider Nation to wear silver and black tomorrow to show your support for the Raiders. Raiders. That's Raiders underscore Friday. So there you go. Uh, Text saying to, for J- Josh Jacobs to run the ball down the throats of the Buffalo Bills. And I'm glad you brought that text up because I wanted to get into this conversation. And it's funny. There's always people asking predictions, and I hate doing predictions. I'll be the first to tell you I hate predictions. But – on my podcast, when we do the crossover edition, which is the host of whatever whatever team is up on the schedule, 
the, the two hosts will get together. So this week it was Joe Marino who does Locked On Bills and myself doing Locked On Raiders. So we had the conversation uh, last night. The show came out today. And some hosts want to do predictions. Others just want to talk about keys to the game, and we'll see how it works out. Well, he wanted to do predictions, so I said, all right, why not? So in the moment I said, yeah, I think the Raiders are going to keep it close. They're nine-and-a-half-point underdogs. That's a lot of points. I think they're going to keep it close. I think the Bills will win. And I just roll with that, right? And he thinks that the Bills are going to blow the Raiders out of the water. And what I've been noticing, watching everything national, listening to people national, doing national radio myself, everyone's expecting the Bills to have a big bounce-back victory. And basically, nobody's giving the Raiders a chance. And so I felt bad because I'm in this category of, you know, am I thinking with my head? Am I thinking with my heart? What am I doing? And so my brain tells me that because it's a season home opener, and the Bills are trying to get that ugly taste out of their mouth from what they did on Monday night, that they're going to come back and they're going to play a lot better and they're going to find a way to get a victory. But again, I think it's close. But I swear, every time I say that, even saying it right now, I keep thinking, and this is what happens when every, everybody picks one team to win. And I do this when everybody picks the Raiders to win a game. Oh, the Raiders are going to win. Like, if it's a full sweep and you look across the board and everyone's picking the Raiders, those are the games that make me nervous. Because I'm like, yeah, you know, something ain't right. So right now I'm thinking to myself, why is every single person, I know they're nine-and-a-half-point underdogs, why is every single person not giving the Raiders a chance? And I don't want to hear about the respect thing. It's not about respect. I I mean, look, it's only week two of the NFL season, and I think if Tampa Bay showed you anything, going to Minnesota and winning, right? If the Rams showed you anything, going to Seattle and winning, right? I mean, all all these teams that – Probably didn't really have a chance. Hell, a lot of people didn't think the Raiders were going to go to Denver and win. I felt pretty confident about that just because I thought, you know, the Raiders' roster is better than Denver. But, man, it just it just, it just makes me feel uneasy knowing that everyone is picking the Raiders to lose this game, and they're not even hesitating. So, I, to me, in my mind, and I hate to second-guess myself, but I feel like I need to second-guess myself. And it just feels like with everyone picking the Raiders to lose – that on Monday, the conversation that we're going to be having is why everybody was wrong, right? I mean, it just, to me, it just feels, and, and this is what I want to ask you, Raider Nation. I'd love to hear from you. 702-365-9200 and the dobebroke.com text sign 69187, keyword r Are you feeling that as well? Are you feeling actually pretty good about yourself because you're like, okay, everybody's picking the Raiders to lose this game, and they're going to go in there and win. Like, the more I say it out loud, the more I think, like, yeah, why aren't they going to go win? Right, And, again, I'm the guy who picked them to lose. I, I have no problem saying that. I picked them. If you listen to the show today, you heard it. I said I think they're going to lose. I did say they're going to lose close. It was going to be a close game. But, look, it don't matter how close it is. If you lose by one or, or, or 100, it's still a loss. So are you feeling that, Raider Nation? Are you feeling some kind of way about this game, knowing that everybody and their mother has picked this team to lose? Again, you want to talk about respect? How about nine-and-a-half-point underdogs? That is, look, I don't, I'm not a guy that, that dibbles and dabbles at a lot of gambling. I just don't. But I know damn well that in the NFL, if you're getting almost double digits as a favorite, that's a whole lot of perns, right? That's a whole lot of perns. Because these games, more times than not, come down to, what, a possession? Maybe, maybe two at the most. But, man, it just, it, it just feels like with the, fa- the fact that everybody, and I mean everybody, is picking the Bills. Whenever I go and I, I'm looking at, like, NFL Network and they have a panel of, like, eight, everybody, clean sweep, Bills. I turn on the radio, no matter what radio station I'm on, Bills. Everybody I'm hearing, Bills. Right? I mean, it's just and, – and, look, 
I think that being in Buffalo has something to do with it. I think them having the season home opener has a lot to do with it. And I think getting that ugly taste out of their mouth from Monday night and everyone talking about Josh Allen and how he turns the ball over, turns the ball over, turns the ball over. What are they going to do? What was him? How are they going to ever survive with, you know what I mean? Like there's so much negative conversation. I feel like he's going to go out there with the hair on fire and really try to bring it to the Raiders. But as I mentioned the other day, and Jason Horowitz said this as well on the, on the Raider roundtable that JT and myself were, were on and, and uh, you know, Jason Horowitz was a part of it. If the Raiders survive that first 15 minutes, if they take that initial punch in the mouth and roll with it, then, then, then all bets are off as far as I'm concerned. As long as they survive that, that initial 15 minutes, because I think that's when they're going to come out hair on fire. I think Stephon Diggs is going to try to give Ja'Cory and Ben the business, right, or anyone else that's guarding them. Gabe Davis is going to try to, you know, go off, do what he does. I mean, they, they've got playmakers. I don't trust their run game. They don't dedicate anybody to the run game except for Josh Allen. And, I, and as I mentioned many times, and we talked about on yesterday's show, he's going to give you an opportunity to make plays. You just got to go make the plays. And that's why we talked on the show yesterday, do the Raiders have enough as far as the personnel goes to make those plays happen? But I just want to know how you're feeling about it, Raider Nation. You know that everybody and their mother is picking the Bills to win this game. How are you feeling today? 702-365-9200, the don'tbebroke.com text sign at 69187, keyword R&R. And let me say it like this. I hope I'm on the show on Monday talking about, yeah, buddy, glad to be wrong. Glad to be wrong. Welcome to 2-0. and Let's talk about Pittsburgh, right? That, that's what I'm hoping for. The, that's what I want the conversation to be on Monday. Don't get me wrong. Again, 702-365-9200. Let's go out to, go to Big D, to Dallas. Jacob, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, my man? What's up, Q? Thanks for having me on, man. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, brother. Hey, a uh, good podcast last night on the, on the crossover. Thank uh, you. I listened to it this, hey, I listened to it this morning. Something that stuck out to me is uh, – the Bills guy, he said that their defensive line, they shoot gaps. And that reminded me of uh, 2021 Raiders. I remember, I forget the dude, but when he stopped Eckler in the backfield on fourth down, the last game of the season in Vegas, our, our run defense was not good that year, and we had a bunch of guys that would shoot gaps. And I was thinking that might work in our favor if that's how their defensive line plays. Uh, another thing I was thinking about is they stay in nickel, and uh, trying to leave a safety or a corner to be the second linebacker against us, I just don't know how that's going to work out for them. Uh, might be in, in the Raiders' favor yeah. a lot of the game. Other, other than the game, though, I was thinking about the drama going on out in Buffalo right now. That's true. Yep. Man, man, you got Stephon Diggs telling the quarterback to be smart. Mm-hmm. You got a reporter saying stuff about, about Diggs himself. I was thinking <laughs> – I couldn't imagine Vinny ever saying something like that about Chandler Jones or someone else on the on the Raiders team right now. I just can't think any of that's good for them. So I don't know where the mental state of that team is, and I think that could all play in the favor of the Raiders. I like it. I like it. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Great call. And uh, there he is, Jacob from Dallas right there, chiming in first here on Unnecessary Roughness of Raider Nation Radio 920. And, you know, it's funny, speaking of the reporter that was talking on the hot mic and didn't realize it, I don't know how she didn't. Because she is a team reporter, right? She works for the team. So she knows in the media room, and let me take you behind the scenes real quick, Raider Nation. At the Intermountain Health Performance Center, when we're in the media session and we're waiting for Coach McDaniels and everyone's waiting on the stream to watch and the little Raider symbols going around in circles and circles and they're waiting for the stream to start, you know what we do? We look up at the ceiling. And you know what there's there? There's a red light and a green light. And when the red light's not on, that means the, the mic is. 
And we all know that. So when we're cracking jokes and we're talking this, that, and the other, every once in a while we're like, oh, wait, hold on. Just in case we're telling a funny joke that maybe shouldn't be, you know, told to everybody, we look up and say, uh, hot mic, <laughs> and leave it alone. Right? And I'm not saying that, you know, they have the same technology, but I'd like to say that they have the same technology. Right? And she's been around the game. I was really surprised. She came out later and put out a, a – a, a message about, you know, she was sorry for what she said. In no means was she trying to be disrespectful to Diggs. But, I mean, once it's out there, it's out there, right? I don't know what their relationship is like, but, yeah, it was it was pretty interesting. And the thing is, she said what she said about a player, and there's players that all of us in the media are, you know, we're, we're happier to talk to than others, right? Like, for some reason, Jonathan Abram couldn't stand talk, talking to me. Like, he didn't – I think he didn't like talking to anybody. But he – I mean, every time I see him look at me, he looked at me like he was about to come and tackle me. <laughs> right? I don't know what it was. I don't know. I mean, honestly. And, and that's just how it is, right? And I remember, like, one time Alex Leatherwood tried to call out Vinny in the locker room one time. Like, Vinny went up to him and said, hey, hey, Vinny Bonsignor. He's like, yeah, I know. You're the one that's talking that, that blank online or on Twitter. It's like, whoa, okay. Um, all right. So sometimes I guess when you're honest about a situation, players don't like it. So I don't know what their situation was like, but when I saw and heard what she had to say and then saw her uh, apology that she put out later, I thought, oh, yeah, that's, that's not a good situation. And they do have some drama going around. Of course, Jim Trotters put out the, you know, the lawsuit against the NFL, and the Bills owner was part of that, talking about the whole go-back-to-Africa type thing, and so that's not going to weigh well. Uh, Stephon Diggs, we know that there was smoke around the mandatory minicamp when it came to him, and then everything got cleaned up until it didn't. And then we saw Monday Night Football. You know, there's, there's a lot of going on. And I think that Josh Allen's going to go out there and try to be a hero, right? And if he's trying to be a hero, I think the Raiders have a chance. But if they don't make the plays when the plays are there to be made, it could end up being a long day at the office. But, again, I don't know what it is. Whenever anyone picks a, a certain team, and I mean everyone picks that certain team to win, it always seems like 99.9% of the time it goes in the opposite direction. And maybe it's just me, but I'll tell you, when I'm waking up on Sunday morning and I turn on, you know, NFL countdown and every single buddy, person on that, on that panel picks the Raiders to win, I always think, damn, <laughs> right? Because it's just, it, it feels like it's the kiss of death, right? The minute that you see everybody pick that certain team, you kind of have a good idea that, well, things are going to go in the opposite direction. Like, why is everybody sleeping on this team? And so when I picked the Bills to win and then I saw everyone pick the Bills to win. And then I heard uh, Joe Marino on, on the crossover edition, like Jacob just pointed out, say that he thinks the Raiders are going to win or the, uh, the Bills are going to win, and, and they're going to cover. So he thinks that they're going to win by double digits. I was, that, I was like, whoa, <laughs> hold on there. You know, and I, I even said at the end of the show, I was like, I still think the Raiders could steal the game. I'm just trying to be, you know, smart, strategic. I'm trying to also be, you know, level-headed, right? I'm not trying to get caught up in, you know, rocking the, the silver and black glasses and working for Raider Nation Radio 920 and just I got to rep the team, you know, like it's trying to be realistic about it. But, man, it's just something about the situation makes me feel like the Raiders are going to surprise a lot of people. I know Raider Matt called yesterday and was talking about respect. I'll tell you what, there'll be some respect had if the, the, the Raiders go into Buffalo, get the victory when nobody gave them a chance to win that game except for themselves. On Monday, they'll be talking about the Raiders. Now, I don't know what the conversation will be. A lot of it might be, well, Josh Allen's doing Josh Allen's type things. But there'll still be some conversation about the Raiders because you can't deny that. You can look at the win against the Broncos and say, yeah, it's Denver. They got a long way to go. Sean Payton will get them right. The Bills, they're a team that just won the division last year. They're a team that a lot of people believe are going to make a run to the Super Bowl. 
Not me, but a lot of people do believe that. A lot of people think that Josh Allen is an MVP-type quarterback. Not me, but a lot of people, right? I think that their window is really closed as far as that winning that championship. But, again, that's just me. So we'd love to hear from you. Uh, 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword R&R. Uh, <laughs> out the 209, <laughs> out the uh, he says, Abram would have missed that tackle, Q. <laughs> he drops his head and closes his eyes. You're do- you'll dodge it real quick. See, I didn't say that, but when I read it, right, that's all that would have happened, Ari. Jonathan Abram would have heard that and been like, oh, Q's talking trash. Okay, I'm going to get it. I guarantee he don't even know my name, right? We never had conversations like that, so I promise you he don't even know my name, but – he, he probably – that's probably what happened. I probably read a, a, a text or something, and he was like, oh, okay, that guy thinks he's a funny guy. All right, I'll get him. Who else – Trent Brown blocked me on Twitter one time, which is fine. I think I'm still blocked by Trent Brown. But that's because he got in trouble with the whole – you know, when we had the uh, – when we had to wear our wristbands for, for uh, you know, tracing, the COVID tracing or whatever like that. When, remember when, when you had to be, like, a certain distance apart, and so they had the, the wristbands, the monitors or whatever, and he didn't wear his, and he held it across the room or something like that, and I was like, that's irresponsible, right? He should be held accountable for that. So that was, again, me saying the truth. So he blocked me. I still don't know why Ocho Cinco blocked me. That's a whole other conversation. I ain't never talk about Ocho Cinco. The only time I talk about him is when I say that he blocked me. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know what that's about, but one, it is what it is. One day I'm going to find out for you <laughs> yeah sounds good uh 805 Raiders said people are underestimating Josh Allen's slump and dog mentality Marcus Peters has brought that to this defense we go into halftime with the lead now we can finish in the fourth quarter Jacobs will have to take this game over but yes we can he's talking about the Raiders can win that game and talking about uh talking about uh Josh Allen and his dog mentality uh one more text and then we'll take a break another one for the 209 all these years we've built callous Q the players know people have no hope it's fuel for them, and they'd be ready for a dogfight. I'm taking the Raiders 27-24 with three turnovers. Okay. All right. That's like, I would love to see the Raiders create three turnovers. I really would. Um, I'm hoping that they, they get that done. And, and if they do, that's a way to win the game. They've got to be able to get the ball back to their team and get it on a short field. So I like that. Let me get one more text in. Jim from Yonkers, not only do I want the Raiders to win as a fan, but a Raider win would wipe out half of the survivor pool. Our offensive line has to show up. Less than five, fe- five penalties, only one turnover. Force two turnovers, and we have a chance. Thanks for a great show. That's Jim from Yonkers right there. And I feel like that that's really more realistic, right? I think that the Raiders have to be very protective of the ball. Come Sunday, you can't have reckless turnovers. You can't throw an interception in the, in the red zone. You can't. You know, give the ball back to them after you get off the field on a punt. Like, you can't have those mistakes that they made against Denver. Again, you can get away with those against Denver. You can't get away with those with a team like the Buffalo Bills, especially a hungry team that's looking for the first victory of the season. 226 at the time. We'll keep taking your feedback at 69187, keyword R&R. Coming up next, Vinny Bonsignor, our guy, the morning tailgate and the Las Vegas Review Journal. He'll join us here on Radio Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs. Make sure you check out Porta Subs' six-foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made-to-order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh-baked bread. Loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day six-foot trays serve 12 to 16 people so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at portasubs.com. 
Snap to Wilson. He's got time to throw. Looks in the pocket. Now steps up. Pressure from behind. Hillary's got him yes. on the waist from behind at the 42. He would not give up. Pocket held, and Wilson finally got out of there. It's a loss of five and a third down stop for the Raiders. It's unnecessary roughness. Let's go inside the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Sponsored by Dos Caras Tequila and presented by the Realty One Group. Stephon Diggs has responded. We had Jacob from Dallas call and mention Stephon Diggs, the reporter that was caught on the hot mic talking about him. Well, Diggs has responded by way of Twitter. We'll read to you what he had to say. We'll do that in about 15 minutes or so here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Join us now on the phone lines is Vinny Bonsignor, and he spends plenty of time in the media room. And, Vinny, thanks so much for your time. We definitely appreciate you. We've been in the media room, and I shared this story before you came on that, you know, sometimes we're talking in the media room in between, like, coach and player, this, that, and the other, and then we realize that, oh, yeah, hey, let's look up at the ceiling. Hot mics. Like, everyone is aware that there's a hot mic in that media room, aren't they? Yes. Uh, absolutely, and uh, so you got to be careful, you know. And uh, you know, rule number one: just don't talk bad about people. Number right. one, that's there's that. That'll, that'll keep you out of, out of any trouble. But uh, but it is something obviously uh, to be aware of. And uh, I think a young reporter learned that lesson the hard way uh, yesterday. And now you got me intrigued because I haven't checked what Stevon Diggs' uh, uh, reaction was. But just let me ask you this: good or bad? Um, it was very truthful. I mean, I'll I'll just put it out there. It said. The audio shared was very hurtful and was insulting to my character and to how I was raised. I've always treated people how I want to be treated. I greet everyone with smiles and respect from the people in our cafe to the people that keep up our building, cleaning and order. The media or fans may confuse my competitiveness that they can witness on the field as to who I am as a person. But off the field, I'd never treat anyone how she described and have never said anything remotely close to that to her at all. And he goes on a little bit longer, but... As you can tell, he was very truthful about the matter and wasn't happy with what she had to say. Yeah, and I think that's a, uh, a real lesson for um, young reporters out there. And here's the thing, you know, um, if somebody just decides that, you know, hey, I don't want to talk today or, you know, uh, you know, might be you know, angry with how the game turned out and so maybe their answers are short, it's not personal to you. Right, right. All right? So um, that's just the way it goes sometimes. And I think that some of the younger reporters – uh, start taking it a little bit personally that that's directed at you or me. It's not about you unless you make it about you. And then that's a different story. But in situations like that, you have to be able to put things in context. If he's, you know, uh, not all, you know, happy and enthusiastic about some of the questions and, and doing what he needs to do after a game, especially after a tough loss, you might get a different version of Stefan Diggs. And you got to understand that that's just the way it's going to be sometimes. And rightfully so put yourself in their shoes uh, and, 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 you know, think about what it feels like to lose and then have to answer for it. Um, I've never heard that Stefan Diggs has been anything uh, other than, you know, accommodating um, yep. and professional. I'm not expecting anybody to be anybody's good friend or anything like that. Uh, and, but as long as you keep, perfect, keep it professional, and as far as I know he has, then you have to be professional about it as well. Right. And on the flip side of that, sometimes things are said about a game or said about, you know, a player making a mistake that maybe on Twitter or something that, the player doesn't like, and then all of a sudden they, you know, they come at you a little sideways. And I mentioned Jonathan Abram with me; he he never seemed like a guy that ever wanted to speak to me. Always kind of <laughs> side eyed me, and that's yeah. fine. I I even mentioned Alex Leatherwood when he mentioned something to you about something on Twitter, yeah. and you're like, "I'm just shooting it straight, man." Like you know, so sometimes it gets a little twisted in the media, or, you know, with the players as well. Of course, and and in in that instance with with uh, instance with with Alex, um, you know, he said something, and I and I knew instantaneously. This wasn't directed at me. 
Right. It was directed at the media in general. He felt like there was a lot of criticism for him that, I guess, in his eyes, he felt was unwarranted. So it was literally the first time anybody uh, among us had been able to talk to Alex yeah. uh, in the locker room uh, up close because previously we were still dealing with uh, COVID, so yeah. everything was at the podium, or, or you know, and I just literally went up to introduce myself really for the first time in that setting, and I think he saw me as the face of the media at that point <laughs> yeah. and kind of unloaded on me, and I got it, and, I, and we talked it out. And he's like, it's cool, man, I understand. And that's kind of how you handle that uh, sometimes, too. But, uh, you know, sometimes, like I said, everybody has to put themselves in other people's shoes sometimes to understand, you know, and, 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 and do it with appreciation and respect and ask yourself truthfully, you know, how would I always be in this kind of situation? Right. It's not always going to be rosy. No, no, it's not. And so, I mean, that's just the situation, like you said, a pretty good lesson learned for a young reporter. And she'll she'll be fine. She'll overcome yep. it, and it'll be okay. But just something that, uh, you know, she'll know now moving forward. Again, Vinny Bonsignor is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So, obviously, the Raiders get the victory in, in, in Denver. That was big. They're 1-0. They went to West Virginia immediately. They're preparing for Buffalo. I said it, Vinny. Everyone has picked Buffalo to win this game, including me. And after I did that and after everyone that I've been seeing talk Talking about Buffalo winning this game, I keep thinking, like, man, something just doesn't feel right, right? Like, nobody's giving the Raiders a chance to win this game. The point spread is minus nine and a half. Buffalo's a favorite. It's like, what are we, what are we missing out on? It just, it feels like the Raiders are a better team than what most people expect are going to take the field on Sunday. Yeah, and and I think that that's uh, the truth of the matter. I'm not saying they're going to win on on uh, on Sunday, but I would expect a competitive game one way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that I think until the Raiders can s- sort of shed the image that they've created themselves over the last few years, it's going to still kind of be like this. But it's in their power to to change that. And I think that the one thing that does that is, is winning football games and and being competitive uh, in, in football games. Um, and and that's that literally that responsibility. Uh, is, is on them. But, you know, I think about that game on Sunday, and I think about a couple of guys that you and I have talked about, like, are we talking enough about, or is, are, are people talking enough about Jacoby Myers? And we literally had yep. that conversation, and look what uh, Jacoby does. To be Jerry Tillery as well. Yep. You know, uh, he didn't have a massive game, but he, he, he contributed and, uh, and, and got a sack, an important sack. Um, and I think that, you know, we, we, we saw that in training camp. We're, our question is, is it going to carry over uh, to the regular season. Not a lot of people were able to see them in training camp, so there's a lot of unknown about the Raiders right now nationally, um, and they can, they can really create a new and positive narrative for themselves by taking care of business, and I think that there's a chance to do that on Sunday. How much do you think it helped that they went to West Virginia immediately, got away from home, got together with each other, and, and really continued to bond, something that they did during training camp but carries over to the regular season? How much do you think that that's going to help them on Sunday? I think it'll help. I think it'll help in terms of you know the time zone. That's a very real, real thing. Um, yeah, it is. Statistics <laughs> show that all the time, whether you're coming east to west or, or, or west to east. So there's something that you have to um, be able to uh, acclimate yourself to in terms of that. Um, from what I understand, you know, there's there's a little bit of uh, humidity potentially. Um, that's mm-hmm. something that you don't you know deal with necessarily here in Las Vegas. Obviously, it's very hot, but it's a different kind of heat, and your body yeah. has to adjust. So, and, and what you had just mentioned, just kind of getting away as a team and sort of leaning on each other and, and, and bonding. And, and I think we've, we've seen that a lot from these Raiders or heard them talking about, you know, some of the outings that they've had as groups and Jimmy taking the offensive line out and, uh, and, and getting to know teammates and how, um, you know, Max talked about how am I supposed to really rely on somebody uh, out on the field if I don't even know them off the field. And so he felt it was important to create relationships 
off the field, and, and Jimmy seems to do a really good job of that, and Devontae's talked about that. And so you're going to, you know, uh, uh, just because of the, the environment that you're in, away from home, uh, away from the comforts of home, your, your own place, a lot of times you know this, guys scatter after yep. practice. You know, uh, there's no ability to do that uh, out in West Virginia, and, and I think that that could be a positive for sure. Vinny Bonsignor is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Necessary Roughness. I saw your piece in the RJ. We stayed calm. Was Raiders' late drive a glimpse of the team's future? And, you know, when you tweeted it out, you mentioned Devontae Adams and the conversation that you had with him and how they went through training camp and they got calloused up and they really worked hard. How much of that working hard and really probably a little extra hard than they even did last year, how much of that carried over to Sunday's game and ultimately led to that victory in Denver? I, I, a lot, I believe, and, and here's why. Uh, number one, um, you know, it, it's obviously the mental toughness to overcome what they overcame, uh, to play their best football when they needed to. That's one end of it, and it's a very, very real, real thing. But he also mentioned, you know, the fact that when he was talking about, you know, Callison up like that, physically as well. And we both know it's tough to go into Denver in any yep. circumstance, but it's certainly probably tougher to do it the first time out. You know, when, when, you know, when you're not conditioned yet, and I, and I don't care what conditioning you do in practice and all that kind of stuff, but, you know, when you get out there and you're on an 11-play drive, and there were a couple of those, one to really win the game for them, um, you're going to be feeling it in the lungs and your legs. And, and, and yeah. I talked to Jermaine Illuminar after the game. He's like, dude, I am so sore right now. So <laughs> there was the, the, the physical prowess to be, more, to be the team that had the most stamina to, to win that fourth quarter is part of what uh, Devontae was talking about as well. Not just the mental callus that they built up, which I think that that showed itself on Sunday, but also the physical to be to have that stamina to close it out. I always uh, do keys to the game on Fridays before the before the game. Obviously, I feel like Josh Jacobs is going to be a big key. I think the running game is going to be a big key. Do you think you start to see a little bit more for JJ this upcoming week? Yeah, I, I do, and you know Buffalo uh, kind of lends itself to that as well. Uh, they're not that good against uh, against the run, and that was what was really promising about that about the uh, Denver game because usually Josh has big games against Denver, and that's what's helped them beat the Broncos. Well, they had to do it a different way because Josh wasn't, you know, and I think he'll be the first to admit necessarily ready to go at at uh, top level, Josh Jacobs level, um, and that's going to be a process to get there. But I think there, he has a good chance now with a game under his belt, you know, his legs uh, under him a little bit better, uh, having a chance to play behind that offensive line, um, you know, for a full game after missing all of OTAs and all of training camp. I think that's going to help things. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think there's, there's some things that really line up for Josh to have a, uh, a big game, and I think that it's, it's important that he gets a big game as well. Yeah, I did too. I think that the run game is going to be very, very important and very critical for the success of the Silver and Black. How about Tyree Wilson? We didn't see a whole lot from him. It looked like he was anticipating something I asked Coach McDaniels about on Monday on the Zoom call. It seemed like he was anticipating or trying to read before he reacted. How do you think he adjusts in game number two? Yeah, and, uh, the read and react thing. I, I talked to somebody from uh, from Tyree's past, um, and, you know, asked him about that, you know, uh, and and he felt like there was a little bit of reading the block, um, you know, rather than just getting off the ball. And then also, there's also this, you know, is he really uh, comfortable yet in this scheme? You know, what his role is. There's probably a lot of thinking that's going on with yeah. Tyree Wilson, uh, and I think at this stage, what would serve him best is. Uh, you know, you'll get the scheme. You'll get all of those things. You'll be able further down, whether it's this season or down the line, to be able to you know play that mental game of of seeing, trying to read what the blocks are going to be to uh, to deal with it. But you're so big, you're so fast, uh, you're so powerful mm-hmm. that right now 
just for right now, uh, it's almost better just blow past the guy. You know, use use your physical gifts um, to be able to to deal with whatever the blocking scheme might be. Um, and, and part of that requires getting off the ball as quickly as possible. So I'll tell you what, it is kind of – it'll be intriguing to see him on Sunday if that's improved at all. Because if he's still doing what he's doing, then, then that tells you that it's probably going to be a, a longer process uh, to kind of break him of that. Because you, you could go back to college, too. It's, it, was, it was there on tape in college. I don't know why he does it. I don't know necessarily, you know, uh, what the thought process is behind it but it was something that he could get away with in college yeah. even though people did talk about it yeah uh you're not going to get away with it in the nfl no no the big 12 and the nfl are two different animals yeah, <laughs> yeah you can exactly you could do that in the big 12 you could do that in texas tech you can't do that in the national football league well Vinny, we'll get you out with this man sam webb he's off to the carolina panthers he got plucked off the raiders practice squad mclennan curtis he's off to the seahawks he got pl- plucked off the practice squad we know that uh drake thomas he got waived by the raiders and the seahawks picked him up it seems like a lot of teams are poaching players from the raiders and nobody else around the league is doing that i saw your tweet that you mentioned that i guess the scouting department for the silver and black is all right huh yeah, and that makes six undrafted free agents between last year and this year from the Raiders that are now on 53-man rosters. That's a pretty good ratio. Uh, and to your point, while there was total disappointment <laughs> that both of those guys uh, got poached, there was also a little bit of an acknowledgement that uh, uh, for, for the exact reasons that you just said uh, and, and alluded to, uh, that's a good sign for, for your scouting department and your group uh, that, that's doing the evaluations because it tells you that you're seeing the right things. Because if other teams are seeing um, you know, that, then, then that tells you that, that, that you're on the right track. And oh, by the way, uh, it also, you know, the fact that you didn't have room for them right now uh, on your 53-man roster tells you where your roster is uh, as well. Because somebody out there thinks that McClendon Curtis and uh, Drake Thomas and, and, and Sam Webb are NFL players like right now. Uh, that's, a, that's a pretty good sign. And it's tough to lose those guys, but... You know, uh, if, you, if you're hitting on that many undrafted free agents on a two-year basis, whether it's on your team or guys making teams elsewhere, uh, you, you probably got a pretty good eye for talent, and that's going to serve you well in the long run. Tell you what, there's a team in Seattle that's paying attention to what the Raiders are doing, that's for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're interested. Exactly. You know what I mean? They're interested in those Raiders players that aren't, uh, aren't currently on a 53-man roster. And a group up there. They, they know talent up in Seattle as well. Yeah, you think? Yeah, they, they, they are very good at talent evaluating. So, uh, you know, a tip of the cap to the Raiders front office. Unfortunate that they weren't able to hold on, especially with Clinton Curtis. I thought that he was a guy the Raiders really liked and had a, he had a future with the silver and black. But Seattle thinks he has a future right now, or his future is right now in the NFL. So, Vinny, great stuff as always, man. What are you writing that we should be on the lookout for? Yeah, taking a little bit of a look at uh, Josh Allen and uh, the mm. fine line that he walks with the superpowers that he has. But those superpowers have kind of turned out to be uh, a double-edged sword, as he mentioned uh, yesterday. It's, and, and, you know, as much as they talk about it, as much as they try to coach it up, um, it's almost one of those ones where you might have to just live with it because live with both sides of it, the bad and the good, because there has been more good uh, than, than bad, even though there's some numbers that are really skewing downer for him. You know, he started, uh, in, in, I think, in 2020, his, his interception percentage was 13th in the league, 13th best. Uh, it slid all the way down to 23rd last year. It's been a steady three-year slide, and that's got to be concerning. And you got to ask yourself why. And I know there is some decision-making uh, that, that's going on there, but, but asking him to walk that fine line, and you, you don't want to take the confidence away because it's made him who he is, but at the same time, you can't keep having the kind of games that he's been having 
uh, and survive, not at the highest level. So uh, kind of some trouble up in Buffalo uh, in that regard. Tell you what, Raider Nation is hoping he has at least one more of those bad games. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Go on and get those interceptions out your system in this game, man. It'll be okay. Right? Turn that ball over. Hey, Vinny, great stuff, man, as always. Uh, great job on the on the morning tailgate, as you know how you do. And then, of course, all your writing in, in the RJ as well. We definitely appreciate you, brother. All right. Thank you. Have a great show. Will do. Will do. There he goes. Vinny Bonsignor, again, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. on the morning tailgate here on Radio Nation Radio 920 and all of his writing in the Las Vegas Review Journal, VegasNation.com. Check it out. He does so much work. Uh, definitely appreciate him. And he'll be on a bird headed to Buffalo sooner rather than later. And so uh, I'm sure he'll be giving you wall-to-wall coverage of this game coming up on Sunday. 248 is the time. Take a quick break. Come back. Close out hour number one just like that. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Former offensive lineman Max Starks, current sideline reporter. He'll be in action on Sunday, Bills, Raiders. He'll join us at the top of the hour to talk about the matchup. I'll also ask him about this turf and grass conversation that's going on right now. And, of course, it's really reared its ugly head because of the injury to Aaron Rodgers. But more and more players are coming out and speaking on it. So we'll ask Max about it at 3. We'll also ask Lincoln Kennedy about it coming up at 3.30. Right now I want to go over the Raiders injury report. Uh, for Thursday it's out. There was a lot of guys that did not participate on Wednesday. On Thursday it's a little bit different. Uh, wide receiver Devontae Adams did not participate on Wednesday dealing with the foot injury. Full participant on Thursday. DeAndre Carter, knee injury, didn't participate on Wednesday. Limited on Thursday. Jimmy Garoppolo, ankle injury, limited on Wednesday, full participant today. Uh, Jordan Meredith, calf injury, the guard, limited on Wednesday, did not participate on Thursday, so it seems like he's trending in the wrong direction. And safety Trayvon Merrick, thumb injury, didn't participate on Wednesday, full participant on Thursday, that's good for him. And then a new addition to the list, guard tackle Jermaine Illuminor, ankle injury, not listed on Wednesday, limited on on Thursday, Chandler Jones still dealing with a personal issue, did not participate. Jacoby Myers still in the concussion protocol, did not participate. For the Bills, they're good. Center Mitch Morris, finger injury, full participant Wednesday, full participant on Thursday. And so that's it right now for the injury report. We'll get another one coming up tomorrow. And then on, uh, on Sunday, 90 minutes before kickoff, we'll find out who's in and who's out as far as uh, the actives and inactives with the, the game coming up. So uh, looking forward to that. 2.54 is the time. Uh, real quick, I wanted to go over what Stephon Diggs had to say about the reporter, Matty Glab, who got caught with the hot mic, and I'll just do this real quick. We talked a little bit about it with Vinny Bonsignor, but if you're just tuning in, uh, his response to her when she was basically talking some trash about him, the audio share was very hurtful and was insulting to my character and to how I was raised. I've always treated people how I want to be treated. I greet everyone with smiles and respect, from the people in our cafe to the people that keep our building clean in and out. The media or fans may confuse my competitiveness that they witness on the field as who I am as a person, but off the field, I've never treat anyone how she described it. I've never said anything remotely close to that to her. I don't know why it was said, but this is an example of why people don't want to deal with the media. It's hard to fight the preconceived notions people have about you, regardless of ever having a personal experience with them. We get all it. We get it that all you have a job, and I respect it. But please remember, I'm a human just like you. And if I ever made you or anyone else feel like you can't approach me, I apologize. Love. Time to lock back in. Forward focus. Stefan Diggs. So that's the response that he had to Maddie Glab and what she had to say. Got caught on the hot mic, and she later came out and apologized on Twitter as well. 
So uh, there's there's that. It's just like Vinny said. It's a it's a lesson for a young reporter. She'll be fine, right? It's embarrassing more than anything that you know what she had to say uh, got caught on on a hot mic and put out there. And it's funny when I heard it. I originally listened to the audio. I looked at the comments underneath it, and people said, "Oh, that's Maddie. Oh, that's Maddie. Oh, that's Maddie." So it's like once your voice is out there, people know who you are. It's hard to hide from your voice, right? You don't have to have your name on everything. People recognize your voice. Max Starks, he's up next, kicking off hour number two of the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs.